Dharma talk title this evening is um, Without Elaboration. Thank you. Without Elaboration. Without Elaborations. If we didn't elaborate, there wouldn't be much going on. Just that. But instead of things being just that, we add this. We like it, we don't like it, it's good, it's bad. We shouldn't. We should. They shouldn't. We shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have thought that. How am I going to stop worrying about this? When am I going to begin worrying? So the idea is to, in order to practice in such a way that you see clearly, it seems to be necessary to first become aware of how cloudy you are to see how much you actually elaborate about everything, how much we elaborate about anything that happens. Whether it's apparently out here or apparently in here, we're always, we have a little commentary going on, a little elaboration. If we have feelings, any kind of negative feeling comes up about anything, we immediately jump to conclusions about it. We actually abandon the thing that is happening to us and go into a description of it, an elaboration about it. This is called delusion. And you'll sometimes, if you listen to me very much, you'll hear me say, don't add. Don't do any math at all. Every time you do math, or every time you add or subtract, divide your experience, you further the separation that is already an assumption based on thinking that there is a solid being called me that can win or lose, a solid being that can excuse me, live or die. And of course there is a body, this will die. This is born. Anything that comes into manifestation will pass out of manifestation. Pardon me. I'm gonna need something behind my back. It's going to be too much. Do you have anything uh, small cushion? That would work. Much better. I have a hernia that's getting some difficulty. You want to hear about all the other things? I can elaborate. <laughs> my knee hurts, my hernia hurts, my head hurts, my feet hurt. What else? How's your wrist? Oh, I forgot about that. My wrist really sucks. I can move it pretty good, but sometimes if I get too fancy, if I try to clean out my ear, scratch my ear, that hurts. So you could say, I could say, we all could say, less is better. If you need more stuff, you'll see, you'll function. If you're a meditator, you'll function out of your awareness. Your, your awareness is very spacious and open. And uh, the, if the awareness is very spacious and open, sometimes we fill that up with, what, impatience. Sometimes sitting in the doctor's office waiting for 45 minutes when it's way past your appointment, we tend to get irritated to that. But if they just tell me to come 45 minutes later, that kind of elaboration. And it's not that the elaboration or the commentary 
about what is happening inside, outside, or wherever isn't correct. It doesn't. It's not that it doesn't have. It's not that it doesn't have some kind of validity based on relative truth. Of course, it does. That's why it's so difficult to cut through it or see through it. But we are not just uh, functioning mechanisms, biological mechanisms that come and go and come and go. We have our feelings, our fears, our memories, our attachments, and so on. Very difficult not to be attached to things we like and be attached to the things that we don't like in the other way, attached to getting rid of them. That's also an attachment. You're attached to trying to stop something. So the recommendation, of course, as well, most of you have heard me say before, is uh, train your mind. Sit down and watch the, the mind keep continue, continually elaborate. Make things up about this and about that. Continually abandon the very presence that is yours, the very, we would say in this uh, situation, studying Buddha's dharma, the Buddhist truth, abandoning your awakened nature. Your awakened nature is already there, and the mind, the ego, covers it up with, I don't like it, I like it, it's not good, it shouldn't be happening. If I'd only done it this way, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Every single one of those uh, comments that I just said right there, if, uh, if, if it were to show up in body language, what you're doing, this is what it looks like. Every time you, every time you comment, every time you elaborate, and I'm not just saying a little bit, I'm saying every single time you elaborate on anything, this is what it is happening. So insofar as you can, I'm not saying so much don't elaborate, as I'm saying, be aware that you elaborate. Be aware that you're adding to something or subtracting for something from something. Be aware of that. And it's very... It's very uh, tempting as we practice meditation, as we come and sit down, sit down in front of the wall and look and look and look. It's very tempting not to jump into some kind of evaluation about how well we're doing, how well we're no longer elaborating as much as we used to. That is a, uh, you could say a trap because it's uh, very circular. As soon as we see that we're, we're doing pretty good, then we actually stop, we start buying into the elaboration about it rather than uh, see the clarity that was being covered up. If you have questions, I'd be happy to respond to them. So what's the difference between an elaboration or like a natural thought or first thought? Uh, the, elabor the, the thought that's just arising spontaneously, it would depend. Uh, as everything does, but uh, if it's not if it's not coming out of uh, a, a desire to shut something down or change something, if it's just things are, are randomly arising, then it's just like things could come and go in that way. Not something you're adding to or subtracting from. They're just thoughts. The you could say they're thoughts without a thinker, because if there's a thinker, then there's some kind of elaboration going on. Dallas. 
What's the difference between an elaboration and a question? Like the question you're asking me? Well, this is a this is a, a giving a Dharma talk, so you would ask questions about that. Same, same more. Are questions elaborative? They can be. Sometimes people will, instead of just asking me a question, they'll tell me about what they're about to ask me, and then they'll tell me about the way in which they're asking, and then they'll tell me about why they're asking, and then they'll eventually, if they do it enough, they'll eventually say, you know, I don't think I have a question, which is very disappointing for me. Not because I need the question, is because I'm disappointed at the circularity of one's that one is actually doing a circle dance right in front of me. They're, that the awareness level is so low that they're they're willing to just get up and say over and over, "This is how this is how confused I am. This is how confused I am. This is how confused I am. See how confused I am. I'm this confused. I'm this confused." That's very disappointing. So direct questions. There's plenty of help, you could say, response available, uh, not because I'm such a great person, might be the other way around. Not because I know everything, might be the other way around. More? Thank you. You have to excuse me, I'm pretty uncomfortable right now. Go ahead. How do you tell the difference between observation and operation? I think it's when you're uh, uh, when you're on receive, when you're ju when you're just giving something, whether it's a thought or something that's happening in your life, in your environment, in, in the zendo, outside the building, like the drum beats from the marching band practice. When you're just you're just attending to it. You're just you're just giving it your attention, and whatever shows up in your attention, you're just receiving it. You're not adding. Just, it's just coming and it may die down. It might, you might have a little bit of elaboration like it's dying down. Maybe this is the end of their practice. That would be elaboration. But it's not the, uh, it's not the, the idea is not to get rid of that. The idea is to see that you're doing it so that more and more the awareness can actually be, um, it's, it's like the space in which things occur. Like you could say there are human beings occurring in this space. There are light bulbs. There's a um, laptop, there's an altar, there's a candle burning, there's some incense. There are people raising their cup to drink some tea or coffee. So there are things that are happening. And so just to see that is very simple. To do anything with it is an elaboration. And when we elaborate, what we're doing is we actually are stepping back because of the amazing quality of consciousness to be able to do go anywhere go through walls. Amazing ability of the consciousness, the awareness to do that. Uh, it can go anywhere. So it can make, it can crank up all kinds of crazy ideas or it can just observe. It can just receive what's coming rather than go out towards something. It must be because of this. It must be, that must be happening or they did this or they did that. More? Do elaborations tend to have a theme of like reinforcing kind of? Yes. And the, those elaborations will tend to reinforce the particular difficulty that individual has, albeit uh, depression 
or possibly um, a jealousy or uh, anger or just irritation. There might be something in there. And you might find the elaboration will come up and just and it'll just reify it, just like put a stamp of, of, of approval. You have the right to be upset because so-and-so is doing this and this and this. Why wouldn't you? Damned idiot. Those kind of things. And that's kind of extreme. But there's also very subtle forms of just receiving it, receiving it, receiving the abrasiveness of whatever's happening or the difficult texture of someone's uh, voice, their demeanor, the content of what they're saying, and anything to just give that your attention and do nothing with it insofar as you can. And one of the ways we do that is to see the way it's very difficult to receive what someone is saying without it's coming and you think something about it. So you don't even receive what they're saying to you. You receive what you think they're saying. You interpret it. You translate it from English into uh, Russian. It's very similar. You're actually translating into your own language. You're elaborate on something arises. It's a, it's a blue dinosaur and you translate it into something else. You, trans you might even change the color of it. You might even say, as soon as it arises, you might say, well, it's not really blue. You know, you might, you might do something immediately, and, and that may be coming out of the, uh, the fact or the fiction that you really don't like that person, and you've never really looked deeply into that to see what is the resistance around that person. Instead, we jump to conclusions because we want to get away from that person. We want to do, we want to have some other uh, thing happening. Namely, to be in a, a different room than that person or that situation or those people. How do we investigate deeply the negativity that arises without um, elaborating? <clears throat> so, as I said before, and this is this is difficult to understand, but I can say it again and again and again. Uh, you don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to stop it. You have to see it. If you see it clearly. It will just stop because it's useless, because it doesn't fundamentally have any, its basic uh, function is to support uh, a self or an ego who doesn't like something. I'm the one who go deeply into it. I'm the one who doesn't like such and such. But instead, it's just like, instead of seeing the identity that's rejecting it, which you would, which you would eventually see if you just receive, just receive the feel the feeling. Like when you say, when all of us say, when any of us say, I feel like this or I feel like that, you should look really closely and see if there's anyone feeling anything. Pretty difficult to see that with clarity unless you've spent a lot of time sitting down and watching how the mind works. That's why for 2,500 years and more, human beings who have stumbled onto this teaching called the Buddhism, the Buddha's Dharma or Buddha Dharma or awakened truth, which is what Buddha Dharma translates to awakened truth. What, is, what it has been awakened to? Nothing is separate. Everything is dependently arisen. There's no separate being anywhere. If you begin to see that, instead of just think about it, if you begin to actually see that, it's, it's, like, a, it's like you're seeing something that is a miracle, not some kind of miracle that you would brag about or tell people about. You would see it so clearly that you would see that there's that to tell anybody, even tell anybody about it would be interrupting their uh, spiritual path. If you haven't noticed, those of you who have studied Buddhism for a while, there's no proselytizing. 
never try to get somebody to practice Buddhism. And if you do, then you don't know what Buddhism is. Buddhism is about respecting everyone's confusion and their clarity. You have to respect people's confusion. How do you do that? Respect your own confusion. Stop trying to be somebody other than who you are. Be genuine. And that's not a validation of so someone can lose their temper or throw silverware across the room. She's thinking about the fork I threw at her the other day. <laughs> yes. Is elaboration when it's seen extra? Elaboration is extra before it's seen. You mean, is seeing it extra? How can we include the elaboration? Just don't exclude. The inclusion part is a way of practicing so that you can see that just don't do anything with it, and it includes itself. More? How is elaboration extra? Well, something occurs out of conditioned arising, out of conditioned existence, like the drumbeat. From our perspective, that's just something that's arising. The, the cardinal chirping outside the, the window. Um, it, it's just arising. And the elaboration is extra in that instead of just be, just receiving that, we add something on in our mind, or maybe to com- we might comment to someone. We add something on. So that's that's extra. That's actually creating more karma, more cause and effect, more. You're actually participating in cause and effect from the point of being a, a central actor, some individual who's acting on something. Yes. Is that nature elaboration dependently arisen? Everything is dependently arisen. How can something be dependently arisen and extra? Uh, when there's an attachment to it. Good question. So we say it's extra so that what we can bring our our awareness to the mistaken identity that there is someone who can somehow affect or control things. So we all get in trouble. We try to wrestle with ourselves. We try to medicate ourselves. We try to... And it's not that we shouldn't do any of that. We could continue, you could continue to live exactly the way you're living now. Just be aware of everything. It's not about being somebody else because your karma brought you into this world. Look around. Everyone looks a little bit different. There's no people, two people in here that look alike, similar, but not alike. It's just, and that karma comes from, not from just from your parents, which is a simple example, but from their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents back to beginningless time when, when, when life arose out of uh, the light. And here, here, here we are as individuals parent individuals. How does awareness change things? Pardon me? How does awareness change things? It doesn't. (laughs) Is it helpful? Yeah, it's kind of like a handsaw. It's easier to to saw a piece of wood in half than to chew it in half. Unless you're a beaver. In which case then, no hands. So handsaws don't work for beavers. What are we flying now? If you're a beaver, food. (laughs) (laughs) Go deeper into the question. I'm playing around a little bit, but there's more there if you want.
basically not trying to change anything and what what is the function of awareness or, or what does it do with the dynamic the aware just aware like if I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching you and I'm not I'm actually ignoring Uno's writing something, but if I move my awareness, if I don't focus too much on any one thing, I don't miss much. It's more just an open area where anything can uh, arise. I see a body move, movement over here when I'm looking at you, but it's just a sense of including things rather than narrowing down on something so much that you. You know, you, oh, the three or four giraffes that ran into the room, you just missed them because it was too busy, you know, looking at Brittany. Not that funny. Is that, is that funny? Yeah. Which way were they running? Uh, they were running like this. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was like, is that what you meant? And they were different giraffes. Then. Different giraffes. It was the same giraffe. <laughs> trying to mess with me. <laughs> I, I know what you meant. You meant which way in the room, right? Yeah. This way. <laughs> so the idea is to, uh, as we've talked about, the two includes, include, don't conclude. Include, don't, you don't have to conclude anything. You don't have to come to any conclusion. You'll be a lot uh, happier, you could say, or a lot less confused if you just don't conclude. There's plenty of things being coming to conclusions all over the place. <clears throat> and they're sometimes called patience. You'll notice that when it's time to conclude something, the situation just concludes itself. It's like you've been married to the same person for 10 years and you just can't be married to them anymore. You don't have to do it artificially. You just... You can't do that anymore. It's not going to work. You could you could have explanations for it, but deeply you just know that can't that can't continue. That's not going to work anymore. It would be a way of saying something that actually, even that saying that is extra. It's just uh, it's over. That's over. Just like somebody who who uh, studies to be a a doctor and they get all their credentials and then they realize they can't really do that kind of work. They don't. So some, some different kind of situation was happening. They needed to, to go through school and become that doctor because they did it. But when they got done, they couldn't actually do the, being the doctor. They couldn't do that part. Those, those, those kinds of things show up all the time. Dallas. How does one deal with elaboration when that might be one's profession is to be elaborative? How so now? Like being an artist or something. Paraphrase your question. Sometimes when I feel like I'm making art, it's elaborative, it's extra. I feel like I don't necessarily need to put stuff into the world, but at the same time, it's a great way of making cash. It's a great way of um, entertainment, things like that. So, so what's your question? How do I, how do I deal with that on a, a level where if, I, if I'm not to add, and my job is to add, um, so how I do I work with that? So I, so I say don't add, but basically when I say don't add, I know you can't help but add. I add too. So, when I, But when I say don't add, don't subtract, don't do the math, the awareness immediately goes to see how we do that. But that's what I want to happen as a, as a Dharma teacher. That's what I'm trying to get anyone to do, is to see the way you keep meddling with everything. 
So it's not about never adding or subtracting or dividing fundamentally. But we say that so that you can, so that the awareness will start to notice that. I keep this happens, and I almost have some dumb comment about it. And even to say dumb comment is adding. Just comment is adding. And eventually, the, even the commentary on the comment will start to fall off before the comment does. You can say, if you do something like you, something simple, like you're frying, you want to have some eggs over easy, and you break one and you break the yolk, and, and, you, and then you say out loud, there I go again. Or I never can get that right, which is something I always say when I make eggs. And so the, that's the extra part. This extra part, the, the breaking the egg is one thing that should just just receive that without any comment that, that, that distinguishes it from doing it without breaking the egg or breaking the, no distinguishing based on thinking that where you actually abandon this thing you're doing. And when I say don't add, I'm encouraging you to see the way that adding happens so that you'll pull back a little bit of the energy there. It takes a while. And it's a very, it's a very delicate thing that needs to happen on a very fundamental level. Like when I say to practice generosity, start with a very, very simple giving. A very, the simplest kind of giving that you can do is to give everything your attention. So whatever's happening, give it your attention. And then whatever shows up, receive whatever comes back. Those two, giving and receiving, happen at the same time. Is humor extra? <clears throat> well, humor isn't something you you do so much. Even a even a, a comic or a stand-up comic might actually do that to some extent. But, but when they really have something that's humorous, if that's what the kind of humor you're talking about, then it's mm -hmm. um, some context. When you're talking about breaking the egg, I thought well, even without saying comment, if, if I were to do that, I'd probably laugh because. That's not what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to not break the egg. Is that mm -hmm. kind of laughing? No, that's not. That's not. That's just part of your. Part of your style. Part of what's happening. You know, it's just you're just uh, have a, a light, um, light touch of the whole thing. So not particularly criticizing yourself. At least in that way, it's like uh, uh, the other uh, way that it shows up in the in the um, ceremonies we do. If you were to come up and go through this and everyone is watching you because you're doing the heart sutra and the, the, the doshi is coming up and doing the prostrations and walking up and sidestepping the altar comes up, picks up the incense in a certain formal way that they've been taught. And then when they drop it to put the, down to put the flame out, the incense, the incense breaks. And that's just occurs. But quite often what someone will say if that happens is something extra will come up based on the person's embarrassment. And they'll go, whoops, they'll add, just spontaneously add. The whoops is extra. The, the breaking of the incense actually isn't extra. You were saying we're trying to pull back a little bit of the energy yeah. from elaborating would be a delicate thing to do. Yes. Um, how would I be delicate when I'm so tangled up in yeah. layers of elaboration. Just, just, just practice. It, it takes a lot. I mean, you're a young woman. We're, I've been doing this for a long time. It's taken me forever to get, so I even understood this in such a way that I could even teach it. To actually talk about it is not, you have to really understand this before you can talk much about it because it, it's so easy to try to get a credential out of what you know. And so just, just don't give up. 
That's why you have a teacher. That's why you have a sangha or a, or a community. That's why you have a teaching. That's why it's an ancient teaching that comes from centuries and centuries, thousands of years ago. And so just just keep going. You just you slowly you just slowly kind of refine that situation. So there's less and less and less adding, less and less and less. Rather than try to do it, ego wants to just get rid of it, just be somebody who doesn't do that anymore. And so what I'm saying is. Be genuine. Be who you are and bring as much awareness in the room as possible. So there's a much awareness around that situation so you can see very clearly how that negativity works. And looking at that negativity is not comfortable because it, it, the ego, the self-centeredness doesn't want it. It's, it's embarrassing to see how uh, aggressive or, you know, or judgmental or whatever that we can get. Just it's, it's embarrassing, but I, I say just do it anyway. Just keep doing. It. Don't give it up. Or don't give up. Just keep going, and without too much, too much of a looking to some kind of result, have a willingness, uh, a willingness to be that way indefinitely. No desire to be somebody else, but uh, if you have, if you want to have a desire to have a desire for the truth, something is absolutely fundamentally the truth it cannot be. Can't, can't be otherwise. That's a, a better goal than trying to be a different person who is no longer angry or no longer disturbed or confused. More. Does space untangle those elaborations? Yes. So is the, when you say practice, does awareness... What happens? Happen. What happens is the identity, the self-centeredness, the ego gets gets caught by and it gets the, into those sticky feelings, and it feels like it's not separate from it. So it tries to get away from it, realizing that it's, instead of realizing it, it that the ego is that, but not separate from it. So when one, over time, when one eventually begins to realize what this is and who you are. Uh, if you're identified with anything, you're just in the, identified with the space. I'm not saying you're not identified with your hands moving or with your stomach hurting. I'm not saying that you're not identified with those things, but you're also identified with everything else, everyone else. Identity is going on all the time. The space, and sometimes I say it this way, that your, your allegiance to anything has changed from things or phenomena over to the space itself. My, uh, uh, your identity is more like the sky rather than the clouds that are in the sky. Yes. From Shane out in California, he asks, how do you come to see your perfect nature while the thoughts are saying otherwise, seeing the perfection in those thoughts? Just don't give up. Just, just practice a lot. It takes a lot of sitting meditation, it seems. I'm not saying it couldn't be done spontaneously, occasionally it will happen spontaneously out of one's karma or out of one's uh, uniqueness. I think it's just a matter of repetition. Just insist, just use your life to just insist on seeing what, what is this, what is life actually about? What is this for? Why are we here? What are we doing here? Not so much a why question, but what is life rather than why? Uh, John from North Carolina yes. asks, is elaboration an act of paranoia? Thank you. Yes. Elaboration is very good. Yeah, to, it could be. 
be some kind of, I need to explain or think about this. I've got to figure this out. or Because to just be there and be open, one might just feel crap or might, might feel a threat. So it could be, could be a kind of paranoia. It has been said, Trungpa Rinpoche, my teacher, said that uh, ego was a paranoid insurance policy. Just, you've got this, you've got this the conglomeration of me, 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 me and my stuff, my ideas, who I am, who I, who I think I should be, and all of that kind of protecting so we can't really see that there isn't anyone there. There is no solid being. <laughs> Any questions? So apparently I've made myself. You, um, this doesn't really have to do with what you're talking about, but yeah. how do you, do you, is there some type of ceremony? How do you, is a name gifted or is it just a trans English name? That names you mean like, like, like the names that like the um, not our English names. Oh, okay. So if someone decides they want to uh, make this a strong part of their life, if not everything in their life, they may decide they want to formally take, uh, receive precepts or vows, vow to be with all things, vow to save all beings, uh, refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is the path, and uh, and the other uh, grave precepts. There's a ton of them. And if one goes through that formal ceremony with a teacher, then that person, in order to help them uh, work with their uh, identity, give them another another name so they can have some way of relating to them. And usually that name has something to do with someone's, uh, uh, the teacher sees something in that person that is inspiring, or maybe they might see something in that person that has something to do with negativity they need to work with. Usually the teacher won't say, Call somebody a dumb idiot in Sanskrit. Probably has happened, but <laughs> probably not. I don't think I've done that yet. The day is coming, probably. But so you would call. Uh, excuse me. Well, it just for the for for me as a teacher, and I've not given out that many names, but the ones I give out, they just kind of rise out of. Uh, don't really kind of sit back and think them up. So like uh, with uh, uh, Junshu is uh, is uh, pure appearance. So that's that's part of the teaching, and that's that's what I see in her. It's not a compliment. I'm not saying she's some kind of a holy person. If, if she's holy, then everybody's holy. <laughs> she actually needed really nice name to help her. Pure appearance. This is an in, to inspire her to look at everything is completely appeared, uh, completely pure. It does not need fixing. Even the most like uh, the question she's asking about the negativity that she's uh, dealing with, apparently, totally pure. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to fix. It's an astonishing thing. Ego cannot go there. Ego gets terrified if it starts to go into something where it doesn't have a right and a wrong. It doesn't have a choice. That's why it's a spiritual path and not a mundane path of just fixing yourself and getting better. Most practices to help people are about getting you to be a, giving you a healthy ego or a, a good... Um, good self-esteem or something. I'm fine with that. If that's what someone wants to do, then go do that. But that's not going to happen here, more than likely. What's going to happen here is you're going to find out who you are. And that may be difficult. 
so the name uh, it's traditional in Buddhism to have a, a change of uh, change of name and change of mark. So the change of name is just you get a new name. You have a Dharma name, and you in our organization here we we use the name. Some organizations to, they might have names, but they don't use them because our culture doesn't support that too much. Uh, so change of name, change of mark. Change of mark is less aggression. The person may, they may feel more aggression, may feel a lot of aggression, but they, there's less of a tendency to start to blame others. Was that helpful? Anything else? A follow-up question from Shane. He asks, how does one come to see that you don't have to get rid of the elaborating? Might have to look at it a lot. You would look at it on the cushion. You'd look at it in your post meditation. You would watch yourself continually elaborate on everything. It's just exhausting and it's tiring, and it just needs to wear out. Uh, it's a simple way of saying it. Just need to look at it until it just wears out, because you can't stop it. If you stop it, you've got a war in your hands. It will fight back. Anytime you fight with illusion, the illusion fights back. But if you see that it's just unreal, then it looks around for some fuel or some nourishment and it can't get any because you as a consciousness, as a spiritual being, are no longer, you're no longer going to fight with anything. The warfare is over with, no longer. You, you could even say, uh, this may sound a little scary, but you can even say, I'm, I'm all done. I'm, I'm done. As, as, uh, as uh, uh, the chief of the Nez Perce Indians uh, over a century ago, Chief Joseph of the Nesbridge said, I can't remember, I think it's from where the sun stands now, I will fight no more forever. Is that pretty close? He's, he's uh, actually in this room right now. Go ahead. A uh, question from Kevin down in Vicksburg, Michigan. He asks, um, would you contrast the differences and or similarities between cessation of suffering and awakening to one's true nature? So it's just different ways of talking about it. Cessation of suffering doesn't mean uh, there's, there's no more difficulty or no more pain or as long as there's uh, nerve endings, there's going to be some difficulty. But there's no sufferer. There's no, there's no one who's experiencing it. So therefore, the warfare is over with. Therefore, it's, you know, um, there's still pain, just like I'm having some pain in my stomach. So, it's, there's no one experiencing that, just the pain itself. Even though I conventionally would say, I'm having this. And then what was the other part of the question? Um, cessation. Cessation of suffering and awakening to one's true nature. Awakening to one's true nature, uh, just put it simply, is you awaken to, there isn't anything else. Your true nature is, is everywhere. There isn't anything that doesn't belong to you. There isn't anything that you are separate from, ever. Never has been, never will be. If you don't realize that, you'll, you'll fight with your world and manifest it as uh, opposition, as difficulty. Yes? Is true nature then uh, an elaboration on its own? For the purposes of teaching, yes. More? No. 
Do we have a few minutes? Any final? Yes. Shoka. Earlier you said change of name and change of mark. Yes. What's the change of mark? Less warfare. You, you, uh, you, you, other people might see you and notice, notice uh, you've changed your name. Uh, you've had your name changed. You've received a different name, and other people would notice that you're, you're less aggressive. There's less, uh, less conflict going on. So uh, that begins to happen right away. I'm not saying you feel less aggressive at all, but you don't, you don't blame others for your feelings, or at least there's less of it. Difficult. And then there's, there's that's just a classical way of talking about refuge vow, bodhisattva vow. We do those two vows together with the jukai. With it. Anyone? Very good, thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our red chant books. Robert. Thank you. Good. I'd also like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We appreciate and need all the financial support you can help us. into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Feel everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 